He needs no introduction. He's the slob from Gainesville, Florida. Brother Jeff Arnold, would you welcome him? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As I heard a man say years ago, I wouldn't give this spot to a leopard. like to read a few portions of scripture Exodus chapter 2 thank you for letting me come thank you all you wonderful preachers you wonderful handmaidens of the Lord who have just spoken such uh, dynamics and uh, thank you brother Mangan for letting me come and uh, all the people that have prayed for me Thank you. All the folks that have uh, been kind to me said that somehow I've helped you. Thank you. Exodus 2 and verse 23. And it came to pass in the process of time the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of bondage. And they cried... And their cry came <clears throat> up unto God by reason of bondage. God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. <clears throat> Verse 1, all the commandments which I command thee this day thou shalt, uh, shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what is in thine heart trouble is God's secret agent to find out what you're made of stop cussing about it just take it he didn't put you in your wilderness and all your junk so he could know about you he knew about you before you got here he said I'll put you in stuff so you can have self-discovery That's about as great as I'm going to get. <laughs> and he humbled thee, and he suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, <clears throat> which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee to know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. And there's some other scriptures here, but I'll just quickly go. It's, it's late. It's the rest of this part of the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. God seems to be very concerned with, lest you forget. And uh, he has a real problem dealing with Israel and us with that, uh, that word, full. 
He said, lest when you're full, you forget what it was to be empty. Lest when you prosper, you have no pity on the poor. Unless when you're looking good, you forget when you used to look lousy. Uh, not hearing me, I don't think. I'm going to try it again. Verse 3, and he humbled thee and he suffered thee to hunger. Your trouble was in hell. Your hunger was ordained by God. Said he suffered you to hunger. And then he fed you. I got one more scripture and I'm almost done. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done right now. Luke 5. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 29. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of <clears throat> publicans and of others that sat down with them. And their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering and said unto them, It's the divine law of attraction. Well, Jesus said, uh, watch, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So with that, I'm going to start to talk for a little while and I might raise my voice and I may not. I, I, I want to talk to you about the divine law of attraction. It is the thing that God tried to impregnate us with when Brother Morgan came up here about this money. And we missed it because we thought it was about money. And it wasn't about money. It was God trying to instigate the divine law of attraction through subtraction. Now, you folks have shouted, run, you're exhausted, you want to go home, the soup's on. Let, let, let me just talk, okay? Father, bless the ministry of the word and help me to do good. I'm, I'm uh, real uncomfortable right now, and I just, I, I know that you've put this in my spirit, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen, so I vote for God possession right now, that you would just possess my mind and my mouth, and that you bless these people. I, I don't want to be overwhelmed by... The expectation of these people like I can hit the ball out of the park and do something Lord I can't do nothing I'll make a mess out of this please help me for just a few minutes in Jesus name I pray and and everybody said amen God bless you you may be seated I'd, I'd like to say it again just as I get ready to get started uh, I, I went to prayer after uh, the episode with brother Morgan and the giving and I felt like there really was a million dollars, and we missed a great moment in time. Yeah. I know we raised some money, but we missed a great moment in time because, because God wanted to do something about the law of attraction, and I don't know whether we understand what the divine law of attraction really is. 
When I got back to the motel, my spirit was very grieved, and I'm not being negative. I'm being very positive, and, and, and it was like God began to talk to me and show me, and I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not at the head of the class, but he began to show me. He said, I tried to do something today with the folks, but, but, but they don't understand the law of attraction. And, and they think that I just want to come there and so they can get goosebumps and jump and ring into the walls and just say, didn't we have a big time? But, but I want to somehow give this audience a concept and an idea so that when they leave, they're not frustrated because they don't have this. Now, now bear with me just a minute because I, I wrote my notes right here on a little piece of paper you gave me and I, I'm going to ask you a question. Why because of the times? Why? Why, why, why do we have a because of the times? Why, why did you build this fabulous complex? Why, why did you build that multi-million dollar family center over there? How come you hire such a staff and you put out so much money? Why do you finance all these, these missionaries and you send money? I heard you talking about your, your halfway house. Then I heard you talking about that new house you got where you're going to let troubled couples come in. Why do you do that? I, I, I think I have the answer. It's because God has given you the understanding of the divine law of attraction. We have because of the times that we built this building and we have all these, these people on staff and we give all this money to missionaries because the law of attraction for God is need. No, no, that, you, that didn't turn your motor on. You thought I was going to tell you some kind of great mystery need and God was saying when brother uh, what's his name Morgan when brother Morgan was trying to get us to stop being cheapskates God was saying I wanted to start activating the law of divine attraction by my people creating in their lives a need. Because I'm not drawn to gifted people. Church junkies are. I'm not drawn to complexes and choirs and preachers and ministries. Church junkies are. I'm drawn to one thing. If I can find a need, I'm fixing to show up. I don't care if it hair lips every religious junkie in the world because Jesus is looking to meet a need. And if you want to go home and have a great church, you don't have to have this fantastic choir. You don't have to have the greatest preachers in Pentecost. Just give Jesus some needs, and he promises he will be attracted to it. Now, I, I know that's not great revelatory, but to me, because I couldn't sing, and I'm having a hard time preaching, and, and, and I can't play, and I can't organize, and I thought about this sweet man, Brother Buck Treadway, he preached on quitting. I got on the plane, and six of my head people in my church quit. I'm still here, too. <laughs> 
Now, 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 you know, wait a minute. Because I'm not going home sucking my thumb and committing spiritual suicide because somebody tries to abandon ship. I need to have a guarantee from God when I go home that he's going to show up. And I said, God, what can I do to get you to show up? He said, bring me the hurting. Bring me the messed up. Bring me... Bring me the dysfunctional. I promise you, if you fill my house with problems, I'll fill my house with presents. Oh, hallelujah. It was the prophet who said, make this valley full of ditches. What God said, I don't need your stuff. You create a need and watch me show up. I'm not going to let it rain. You won't hear thunder, no lightning. You just create a need and watch me come with a miraculous. <laughs> See, it's, you're waiting for some dynamic something. This is so simple. A college degreed person could understand this. Now, now I, I better clarify. I'm not talking college people are stupid. No, they're reasoning people. They're rational people. They got more degrees than thermometers. Their mind's going all the time. They have to figure everything out. No, this is so simple that even they could understand it. Can I leave because of the times in 25 minutes and know for a surety that God has promised that when I get home, I'm going to have this in my place. Or I won't have the singers, and I won't have the crowd, and I won't have the complex, and I won't have the building. I'm here. To I'm not trying to be insulting. I'm telling you, God is saying, you don't need this. You don't need this. You don't need this. You don't need the video screens. I tell you what, give me a couple of prostitutes. Give me a couple of drug addicts. Get me a couple of folks who are going through a divorce. Get me somebody who just had an abortion. And I'll show up. That's the only encouragement I've got going. Woo. Can I talk a little while? I'm going to ask you something they never ask in Bible school. I'm going to ask my friend, Brother Billy Hill. Brother Hill, now don't answer because you don't know the answer. Right, because you ain't heard this sermon. And I got the answer right here. But I, if I was asking somebody smart, and you're smart, what does it take to get God to go from omnipresent to manifest present? What, see, you're always in the presence of God. He fills all time and space. But what we need for him is to shake a window, rattle a door, knock over a table. What does it take for God to get in a building and go from invisible to tangible? Now, I know what we'd say, good choirs, good trios, great music. Now, I think that's a blessing. I, I hope we do the best we can. But I promise you, the reason why there has been such a dynamic display of deity's glory is not because we're good praisers or good singers or even good worshipers, but there's a few thousand needs that have piled into this auditorium, and God is attracted to need. Am I making sense? Just, just bear with me just a minute. 
How, how can you get God in your local assembly when you go home to show up? I mean, we've hired enough programs. If programs could do it, God had to be in 3,000 places on the same afternoon. I'm getting these singers in. I'm getting this speaker in. I'm getting this prophecy guy in. I'm getting this guy. I'm getting, and I'm not against all that because I do all that stuff too. But I get there and I throw out money and write checks and throw out money and write checks. And God is going. You, th you think I'm I sit on the platform and I scour the audience. I'm not looking for the smiley, silent ones. I'm looking for, whoa, there's a mess right there. Oh, God's fixing to show up now. There's, there. You see what? You can possess one thing that God himself cannot possess. God cannot possess a need, but he requires it of us. You can have something God can't have. I'm going to help you. You know why a bunch of you never clap? Never shout, never boogaloo, never spit, never slobber, never sp Here's why. You don't have no need. You just sit there with your legs crossed and your lips locked and your hands folded. I'm going to tell you the fear of God. Our little bit of security may just be locking God out of our auditoriums and out of our lives and what he wants to do. Just, just stay with me. Just stay with me. I know it's so simplistic. You ought to be able to understand it. God is drawn to needs. I've threatened for months now that I'm going to go home and I'm going to start putting signs on certain pews in our church. Danger. Do not sit here unless you have a need. These people are crazy. No, no, that's funny, but I'm going to tell you what. God will step over a Pentecostal to get to somebody that's got a need. He'll, wa he'll walk right by us if he can find somebody that's got a need. And God knows everybody's got a need, but we're not honest about it. We will not say we have a need. So we act like we don't have any. I'm going to try it again. Please. I'm going as fast as I can. Please sit down. Let me try it again. It is seriously, physically, emotionally, and spiritually dangerous to sit on a pew with anybody that's got a real need. You play your little church junkie game and just smile and just do what you want. But you get somebody next to you who's just got their divorce papers, who just got a cancer report, who, ju who just got a pink slip from their job. And while you just kind of go, praise the Lord, they're going to go, hey, wow! They're going to create a mess. Why? Because they know that there's only one thing that can draw the power of God into that pew is somebody to present their need. Anybody got a need? Anybody got a need? Woo! Am I doing okay? 
Give me just a few minutes. I just told Brother Mike Williams a minute ago, I was sitting on that end seat, and I said, God just spoke to me, Brother Michael. Now, I know I can get damned, condemned, ridiculed. Fine. I think God just spoke to me. And here's what I feel God said to me while all this boogalooing was going on. He said, my people want me, but they don't need me yet. It's not enough for us to believe in God. It's not enough for us to love God. It's not enough for us to want God. You will, you see the revival breaks out when we decide, I need you. I got to have you. I can't function without you. When we leave with a level of desperation, if God doesn't help me, I'm a dead duck. Yeah. I'm going to try it again. I'm almost, I'm not trying to beat up on nobody. Just listen to me. This is one of the greatest revelations I've ever got. God is not drawn to full. No, no. He's, he's got like everlasting radar. Everybody's getting an F. Full, 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 full. Empty. Oh. Why? Because the divine law of attraction is that he's attracted to what's empty. He's not attracted to what's right. He's attracted to what's wrong. He's not attracted to what's fixed. He's attracted to what's broken. Yeah, fill your church with music. Fill it with programs and preachers. But my God, fill it with people who have needs. And God will fill that house. Hallelujah. 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 Was not God's word to Apostle Paul? No, I ain't going to fix you. Why? You might forget me. So instead of fixing you, I'll let you keep a need because I'm drawn to need and my strength is made perfect. Too many strong folks among us. Too many think we can do it. Too many souls that feel like if somehow the prophet doesn't show up, I'll force my flesh. You heard it. God won't bless that flesh to any kind of great degree. You know why we don't want to say anything about our need? Peer fear. Image keeping. Well, what would they think? Well, can they fix it? No. Then who gives a flip what they can think? Can they give you the victory over that lust, over that habit, over those mistakes? Have they got blood that can wash you? Have they got spirit that can empower you? If they can't do it, forget their opinion. Present your need. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm going to prove it to you. Brother Tenney's always the guy who says, uh, uh, text proof, 
first, I'm going to give you text proof. In the beginning. Now that's the proof for all faith. You don't believe that, go get drunk. <laughs> now you think I'm kidding you. I mean it, go get bombed because you ain't going to be saved. Because everything of faith flows out of, in the beginning, God. God's so secure in his own identity, he don't even explain where he come from or where he went. He just steps out and says, I am. If you can believe that, you can believe for the supernatural. You can believe that Jericho's walls come down and Jordan's river rolls back and the Red Sea parts. If you can believe four words in the beginning, God. That's the lock and key of all faith. Sit, sit down just a second. Sit down. You've been up a long time. Sit down. Here it is. I'm going to prove it to you. Not that you need it. You're on my team. Just give it so the scholars, self-appointed scholars. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Amen? Here it is. Watch it. Proof text. Here we go. And the earth was without form and... What did you say? What? You mean no fish in the sea? No fowls in the air? No vegetation growing? No cattle? God says, void, I'm on my way. That's the divine law of attraction. If you can give God something that's empty, that's void, he says, I'll come down. Just stay with me. Stay with me. You sit down. Stay with me. I'm trying to go as fast as I can. And the earth was without form and void. Here it is. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Here's the kicker. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. Here it is. And God said, listen, I don't want to hurt your feelings or insult you. Don't read into what I'm saying. But there's a lot of boogalooing and jamming and jumping going on that doesn't end up in getting a word from God. Uh, if you can shake, rattle and roll, you can do the Pentecostal cha-cha, the wiggle, the twiggle, whatever you're doing. After you finish going, hikamahokimahukihaka, if God hasn't spoken to you, it probably wasn't the Spirit of God moving to begin with. It was music and emotion and hype. Friend, if you get a real move of God on the tail end of the move, and God's going to speak because the move doesn't give you direction, the Word gives you direction. The Word catalogs. The Word says this goes here and that goes there, and this is good and that's bad, and that's light and that's dark. You're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. Can I introduce a new something at Pentecost while you're shaking and doing your little moves? Tell you what you do. While you're doing it, without anybody else watching you, just go, oh, speak, Lord, speak. Speak, Lord. Tell me what I'm doing. Tell me what I'm going to do. Show me what I got to do. Talk to me. Show me the gal I need to marry. Show me the business I need to start. It's not enough for me to just jump up and down and go, hey, didn't we have a good time? I got to walk out of here with a fresh rhema word from God to know how I can deal with my world. 
and the Spirit of God moved. Boy, if I was a preacher, could I preach on God's divine eviction notice of darkness, chaos, mess, disaster, death, and void. You want to get those empty places out of your life? You don't get them stupid dark places you never get the victory over? Just present your need to God and watch the Spirit go. Now, I don't want to hurt your feeling because, see, God's got this hang-up. He wants to keep us in need, and we don't want to be in it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm going to say something now in the middle of Cajun country. God has never been, never will be an American. No, no, you think that's funny. Oh, no, that's revelation. Because the spirit of America is independence, security, investments, take care of the kingdom of self. That's right. That's the Antichrist spirit. Now, you might say, God bless America. No, 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 no. God ain't an American. He don't even believe American politics or philosophy. He wants to keep us dependent, and the spirit of America says, make you independent. We like to talk about those Israeli ex-slaves following that cloud, but that's because they had a need. The bread came by the day, not by the month. Don't you get it? If you let God meet your need, he's going to put you back in need. But it ought to create faith because the God that did that is fixing to take care of this. I'm almost done. I'm not helping you yet. Out of a move must come a word of direction. In fact, when God starts to speak out of a move, guess what he'll say? He doesn't do like us, hope for and suggest. First word that comes out of his mouth is, let! No, 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 you didn't get it. See, when God shows up out of a move and starts talking, he starts commanding stuff that's holding you to let you go. Some of you right now, you can't get a fresh word from God. Oh, we shook. I'm all for it. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Thy servant here. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Tell you the curse in Pentecost. It ain't video and TV and putt-putt golf and all kinds of loony stuff that we fuss and cuss over. I'll tell you the problem is the whole segment of our generation has, let, has yet to learn the voice of the Master. He said, my sheep know my Now notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, my lambs know my voice. Why? Lambs only know shaking. Immaturity only knows. Oh, I'm going to church tonight. I'm going to get me a blessing. Ain't no problem with that. That's lamb stuff. But, uh, but when you finally grow up a little bit and you ain't a lamb, and you become a sheep, 
God kind of says, you know, after I've done all that shaking stuff for you, I'd like you to instead of just be moved by the shaking, you'd respond by the voice. Said, my sheep know my... Save your little phone bill. You stop calling all these self-appointed prophets and all these whiz kids that know your zip code. Why don't you pull down the blinds, turn off the TV, get a hold of the carpet, and wait till he talks to you. We do serve a speaking God. He's not deaf and dumb and blind. He wants to talk to us. We need a word from God. I'm going to tell you why we need a word from God. Please be seated. I'm trying to close. I'll tell you why we need a word from God. Because we've had a word from hell. My favorite Bible character outside of Jesus, my man, Lige. I love old Lige. I love it. Preach about him. Talk about him all the time. I love him. The man does a 19-mile foot race and outruns his dumb chariot through a mud rainstorm, gets into Jezreel. Ah! And that old bag in the palace sends her voice after him. I'm going to try it again. You just missed what I said. You're shaking and you're rattling. You're banging into the walls. Are no match for a voice from hell. Your inspiration will not fight the voice from hell. How did God get Elijah out of the cave? He said, man, if Jezebel's voice drove him in here, I'm going to get a voice and get him out. The roaring lion may put you in a cave, but a whispering God can get you out. It wasn't the earthquake. It wasn't the fire. It wasn't the wind. Elijah said, and when he heard a still, small voice, that Elijah wrapped his face in his mantle and said, I'm coming out. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I don't come out of some stuff just because you said so and because you sang and because you twanged your guitar. No, no, I've walked with him long enough that I'm going to listen for his voice. Because his, you know what the curse of this generation is? We got everything going on and a million voices talking to us. You can't go nowhere without your radio on and your truck, your TV, your VCR, all the food. That's nothing but voices. You need to shut those voices down, get to meditating. I didn't say transcendental meditation. I said meditate and get still so that God can talk to you. I need about 10 minutes, okay? 10 minutes. Just give me 10 minutes here. Just 10 minutes. Listen, listen, listen carefully. This is so powerful. <laughs> you, we always just love to jump and juke and jam and carry on because of Paul and Silas in Acts 16. He said, oh, they can begin to worship God and praise God. And, and then the praise of God brought the power of God. Ah, oh, that's a bunch of baloney. That preaches good, but that ain't Bible. What brought God into the jail? Two guys that weren't embarrassed to admit they had a need. We can't get out, but we think you can get in.
I'm going to try it again. What brought the fourth figure in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They couldn't get out, but they said, we got a need, and we know that God responds to needs. What brought the angel to Daniel in the lion's den? It wasn't because he's praying real good. It wasn't because he was a good moral man. He just presented the need. See, we got a problem. We don't want to admit we got a need. We can't hardly share with five people in the whole movement stuff that bothers us. Let's, oh, lest we be cast down in their eyes and not be asked to preach their camp. Please be seated. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be. I think I'm positive. I don't think I'm negative. Huh. Listen carefully. There's some people in our churches that need a fresh word from God. Watch. They can't get a word from God because they won't let God move on them. And the move cannot happen until the person is honest enough to present their need to him. Have you ever sit next to the apostolic Pentecostals that just do that little plastic, I love you, Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then you've got this idiot next to you. And they knock your wig off and dance on your blue suede shoes and slap you upside your head. You know why? When you got a real need, you can't be cute. You can't be classy. You can't be nice. Hey, Jesus is passing by, and I've got a need. And I was told that he hears the voice of the needy. Jesus, help us. So turn to someone and say, get ready. I've decided I'm going to let God know I got a serious need. Give me some room, Flash. and pure and have everything right oops I just lost some of you sister I'm I gotta have great faith really do you remember when some of us were a bunch of drunks and liars now most of you came out of your mother's womb with the Holy Ghost but some of us came out of whorehouses and honky-tonks and when I came among you holy rollers I didn't know how to pray I didn't, know how to, I didn't know when I was supposed to stand up, when I was supposed to sit down. It took me months to get the beat. But I noticed that time and time and time again, there would be this, it would come on me. And I'd, and under my breath, I'd be saying, but I need you. I don't know how to find you. I'm a dirt bag. I'm a low life. I ought to go to hell in a handbasket. I'm a. I'm just. I'm a creep. I'm a criminal. I, but I, I need you. 
I'm, I'm on the verge of getting a divorce. I, I need you. I'm, I'm, they would say to me, say hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Sound like Charlie Mahaney, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And they used to say, come on, say it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yeah, that's it. That's what? That's spit on your chin. That ain't the Holy Ghost. You ain't got to teach the Holy Ghost how the Holy Ghost is supposed to talk. Don't buy into that foolishness. You don't have to work yourself up into a frenzy. Tell him what you need. Please be seated. I'm trying to close. Well, I'm going to try it again. The satisfied, the secure, the complete, the full, the Pentecostal Epicureans, they sit in silence trying to tell us loonies that they're mature. Let me help you with it, Flash. God will never let you get to a level of maturity that you will not have some area in your life that you need a miracle about. You're never going to arrive at a level where you can just float. God wants to keep you in need. What did he say to Philippians? My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You can't get God to supply stuff if you won't admit you got a need. It's, it's the divine law of attraction. And so people sit in our churches. They sit in our churches, crossed legs, folded arms, locked lips. God forgive us. A lot of them, the people in our church have been in our church so long they need to file homestead exemption. <laughs> They've been on that pew so long, they got mold on the pew and their carcass. You think I'm kidding you? Let me ask you something. When you go home from the tremendous conclave, why is it that you'll pick the same dumb pew to sit on every week? You know why? It's the safe zone where nothing happens. Because nobody on this pew needs anything. Did you hear me? It was the, it was the reprimand of Jesus to Laodicea. Said, watch, and you're increased with goods. Here it is. And have need of nothing. No wonder Jesus is standing outside. That church doesn't need anything. They got money in the bank. The mortgage has been paid off. They got a nice payroll. They always have a nice little nest egg. They got stuff. Uh, set. Yeah. You better hurry up and start a subtraction program in your bank accounts to, to finance these missionaries and stop making these dudes be like a bunch of educated bums that go to your churches and say, could you give me 20 bucks, 25 bucks? Friend. See, right now, I feel that spirit of fear. You are afraid to go in the hole as if you don't believe God will do it. He said, if you create a need, I'll sweep into that need, and I'll supply your need, and then I'll create another area so your faith grows. The 
Brother Keys, we can't have the miraculous and keep playing it safe. 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 Now, now he said, I'm not going to confess. I'm going to confess. I said, I said no, I'm going to confess. I sit right out to there. Brother Morgan, Holy Ghost, million dollars out here. We need some people to give 50 grand, 100 grand. Instantly. I'll do that. I waited for you to ask. Well, then I said, well, you know, maybe 50 would be better. You know, after all, I, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. And by the time I got out, I got out with a lousy, cheap 14,000 bucks to help brother and sister Sism. They needed 14 grand. I said, here you go. Walked out of here, Brother Perry felt like a heel. Why? Well, gave out of my abundance. Somebody else's need, but I still had nickels left. Look at someone and say, I wonder who he's talking to. If everybody in this place would trust God with a fresh need, either you'd be the first person to prove God's a liar, or you'd get you a miracle faster than make your head spin. You're right, Brother Morgan. As soon as you say that M word, it's over. Money. The F word. Finances. It's another F word we got to get delivered from. Full. Increase with goods and have need of nothing. God, bring us to a place where we're nakedly transparent and we don't have anything that we're sandbagging so that the miraculous can flow. Can I have five minutes? Five minutes? Five, five minutes I got. Five minutes. I'm not going to finish it. I'll just stop. Jeff, you got as long as you want. No, 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 no. We love to preach the story of Bartimaeus, Reverend Michael. What's the key to that? It ain't because the cat's got great faith. He's got great need. Who's passing by? What's all the ruckus for? Is it peanut brittle at the Pentecostal church again? What, what is it? Who is it? It's the unemployed carpenter. Oh, yeah. Who was it? Jesus. Jesus? Watch, watch a man with a need. Hey! And all the folks that didn't have a need, they tried to shut him up. Don't let somebody that doesn't have a need shut you up. God is drawn to your need. He's drawn to your hurts. He's drawn to your sickness. He's drawn to your sorrow. He's drawn to your emptiness.
ripped the roof off in Mark 2. Why? Because when you got a need, you can't be cute. You can't be churchy. You got to be desperate. Okay, I'm back to three minutes. Sit down. Yeah. The, the woman with the issue of blood, Brother Suber, we preach about it. Ain't that she's got great faith? I know Jesus said your faith has made you whole, but what would make you go through a crowd of feet and dust and spit and slop? She wasn't on I-75, you know. She's, she's on the ground. Well, let me try. I'm gonna try one more. I'm running out of time. How bad do you want your miracle, professional? See, some of you want a miracle, some of you need a miracle, but you don't want it bad enough to look bad. Guess who she had to fight her way through? All the people that were hanging around Jesus who felt like they didn't have any needs. You're going to have to fight through a lot of church junkies who think they don't have any need. Honey, I don't, you don't have no longevity in the kingdom of God. Every day that you get up, you have a need. Every day that you face, you got a need. Why don't you stop lying to yourself? Why don't you admit, I'm afraid, I'm lonely, I'm apprehensive, I'm unsure, I'm insecure. I don't know what to do. Keep standing. I'm closing. I didn't get to my sermon. I'm so sorry. I didn't get to it, but it was a good one. It was a good one. Oh, I'm going to tell you something, brother. Buck Treadway, man, you've been a hero to me ever since I got saved. Let me tell you something, Doc. Needs can come in both positive and negative, and either one of them will move God. Oh, yeah. The need was so great in Noah's day, God showed up. Wickedness was exceedingly great, and God stepped down into the disaster. Because it doesn't have to be negative or positive. He'll go with either one of them. It was, the need was so bad in Genesis 11 that God said, i got to go down and see this tower for myself. Boy, I got, I'm going to say this. I got something in prayer this afternoon. I got it in prayer because I'm not this smart. And I don't have a vendetta. I don't have an axe to grind against anybody. But while I was praying, God began to speak to me. I wrote it down. He said, my people are frustrated because there are certain ministries that don't preach the truth and they have thousands in their congregation and tens of thousands in their auditoriums and they're wondering what's going on and God said, here's what's going on. The crowds are coming because people have needs and they've been persuaded that it might be met. You, did, you didn't hear me. They don't have to preach the truth. They don't have to baptize in Jesus. Now, now I'm going to get you with a little help here. And people do get healed. Because God responds to needs. He doesn't respond to needs that are locked in a little Acts 238 doctrine. He responds to needs that are presented. The tragedy of some of those meetings is they get healed, but they don't get saved. Why don't we create an atmosphere so that people can bring their needs and get healed and get saved?
Sister, sit, sit, sit down just a second. I'm trying, trying to finish it. I, I know I'm crazy. I know that. I, I understand that. I'm not saying that. I'm, 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 I'm loony. I know that. But I'm going to tell you something. I may be noisy and uncouth. Brother Harper, I ain't nuts. I, I, I just have more need than some of you. When's the last time we really said from our gut, like you preach from your gut, I need you, Jesus. I just need you. I don't just want you. If you don't help me, I'm going to die. I need you. I need you. I need your word. I need your touch. I need your direction. I need your correction. I need your counsel. I need you. Oh, oh, oh. I love your church. I admire your choir. I, I admire your leadership, the bishop. But can I say this without being rebuked? I didn't come to because of the times to see you. I didn't come here as great a preacher as you are to hear you. And I didn't come to see you. I came to see Jesus. Because I need him. Ah! I need you. I need you. I need you. Israel needed him to get out of bondage, but they needed him also in the promised land so they wouldn't get full and satisfied, brother. Brother Tom, is that, am I telling the truth? I wish I could get a witness before I leave. Keep standing. I wish I could get 50 or 100 honest pastors or preachers who could yell back to me just one time. You know, I got folks in my church, preacher, that just, just, they don't need nothing. That's why they can afford to sit stoic and quiet and so let me tell you what God spoke to my spirit. He is not laughing about our silence. I wrote it down when he told me. He says, when they sit in silence, their silence is shouting into my face, I don't need you. I don't need anything you got. I got money, I got a wife, I got kids, I got a ranch, I got two cars, I got a boat, and I'm not against any of that stuff. But friend, when our stuff shuts our mouth down, when our stuff steals my shout and my weeping and my brokenness, friend, we got too much stuff. Stand, 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 we're finishing. Ready, music, choir, something, whatever. I said, how bad do you, do you need a miracle? Are you willing to be a Hannah and be criticized by the other church folks who don't have a need? You see, the only folks that criticize folks are folks who act like they don't have a need. 
I prayed for you today, Brother Parrish. And I don't know what God's going to do. But I'm going to tell you something. The need that God has now just put in your life has now become a platform for His presence to invade your home and your life. My dear friend, Tommy Kraft, I owe my whole ministry to my friend, Brother Kraft. I have agonized and wept and prayed and prayed and prayed. And for some reason, God said, no, I'm taking Mary with me. Okay, fine. But I'm here to tell you, my sweet, my sweet friend, the need, the sorrow, the pain, the emptiness, the unanswered questions, they are all a platform that God has built because he's coming to you in a special way. Your pain, your sorrow, your losses, your hurt, your brokenness, your weeping. That wasn't the devil. God has orchestrated a need so that it would be a platform for him to perform. <laughs> the only way they got the miracle of the water to wine was when they ran out of wine. When the need became apparent, the miraculous flooded the place. Brother Keys, the widow in 2 Kings. I'm closed. The last, last item, 2 Kings. He's got, he's got creditor coming. All I got is a little thing of oil. Watch what the preacher said. You've got too much. Make your need bigger. Get vessels empty. Borrow not a few. You're too safe with your little pot of oil. Create a situation so that no man can get you out. Create a situation that's so impossible that when God comes to your rescue, you won't stay so that you can get your picture taken and sign autographs, but you'll shout with Israel if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Come on, we need, to, we need to give God some of our needs now. Come on, stop playing the game. Come on, stop playing the game. Hallelujah. The very mess that you're in can be God's means to the miraculous for you. But you've got to admit that you have a need. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The depletion that you're experiencing could be the first step towards an overage and an overflow and an abundance. You ready to sing? You ready to play? I'm done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I got a word, brother, Treadway from the Lord in the motel. I wrote this down 10 minutes before I came here. God spoke this to me. Tell my people that their failures and their mistakes and their bad choices will never drive me away. They will draw me to them.
The devil's going to tell you that if you make a mistake and do something stupid, that God's going to leave you. He will not abandon you. The greater the need, the greater manifestation of grace. Wherefore, let us come boldly under the throne of grace to receive help in the time of the throne's open, it's yours. Hallelujah. It was the need of the prodigal's life that moved him and awakened him. Don't you get it? God uses need. said and if the needy thirst and there is no water I will hear their cry and I will open up springs and waters in the wilderness I will bless their dry deserts if the needy cry I will respond to the needy Hallelujah. 